This is the Savvy Parent Podcast, where lawyer and financial planning expert Shannon McNulty and her guests share tips on how to make smart legal and financial decisions for your family. On this episode of the podcast, Shannon is joined by Wallace Wilkinson Tsai, founder and CEO of Above Board Financial. Wallace and her company have strong core values and a radical notion when it comes to financial planning. They relentlessly put the client's needs first. We talk with Wallace about how we're coming off of a year that we never could have predicted, which reminds us about the importance of planning ahead. She provides information on the financial priorities parents likely want to have, how to approach those as we enter the new year, and gives important words of wisdom that all parents will want to hear when it comes to their finances and their long-term planning. Enjoy the episode. Wallace, we are so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And Shannon, as always, welcome back. Always great to be here. All right. So we are going to focus on financial planning for 21, but Wallace, we are closing out a very strange and unexpected year, one that unfortunately has been very devastating for some families. What are some of the challenges that you saw in 2020 and what do you feel like we're sort of coming off of going into the new year? Sure, sure. Of course, aside from the incredible human toll of the pandemic, there have been a lot of financial repercussions as well. And one of the biggest challenges that we've seen for families has been job loss or reduction in income. You know, there are a number of families where previously they may have had two earners in the household and now they're figuring out how to make things work with one. Or people who are in one of the countless industries that have had their compensation reduced because of the challenges in the environment. So really helping people find a way to think about their goals and perhaps reframe the near-term plan to stay on track, but you know, on track in light of these wildly different assumptions. I don't, I don't think any of us at the end of 2019 could have foreseen what we've all experienced in the past 12 months. And so it has caused some uh, reassessment and reflection. Absolutely. And we'll get into more of the specific, what can we do now for 2021 coming off of 2020? But Shannon, what about you? What are some of the common struggles that you saw with your clients coming out of 2020 and into 2021? I think that looking back, it was really for a lot of my clients, a reminder, a stark reminder of planning the importance of planning in advance before something very unforeseen happens. So I think it was a reminder that things that could be very unexpected, you know, there's a reason why we do these types of plans, whether it's financially or legally uh, to protect ourselves and our families. And uh, 2020 was definitely just, a, a unfortunately, a, a reminder that of the type of things that can happen that we need to be prepared for. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. We don't really ever expect that those worst case scenarios are going to happen. And we know we should plan and maybe we do some of it. But yeah, this was a big reminder that we really do need to be prepared. So Wallace, I know your company is based in some really strong core values and has this radical notion about financial planning. Can you share that with us to help frame the next part of our conversation? Sure, sure. So Above Board Financial really came out of my own experience uh, when I was at Goldman Sachs for a little over 10 years covering the financial services industry. And I was frankly shocked and appalled by how often the industry that I was covering would be taking advantage of friends and colleagues who are trying to make financial choices in their own lives. And so the founding premise of Above Board was that we relentlessly put clients' best interests first in all facets of our business. And that is not just in the financial planning and wealth management side, but also on the insurance side. 
where we just relentlessly apply this framework of if I were giving advice to my closest friend, like what would I tell them to do? And we do that even if it results in advice that doesn't necessarily generate the most revenue for us because we believe that's the right thing to do. That's how the business should be done. And it leads to clients who are really enthusiastic advocates for us. And it's frankly like the way that I think that these decisions should be made with the full support and alignment of an advisor. Yeah, I can see where um, asking someone to come into your sort of financial world can be very scary, especially when there are some stories of of firms or individuals not putting your needs first. Shannon, do you find that um, your clients maybe are nervous about working with a financial planner when you recommend it, or do they sort of take that on wholeheartedly? Um, You know, it really varies because I think people have uh, different experiences uh, in their life. And so some people have had bad experiences and they really don't want to work with a financial advisor and um, others who, you know, who don't don't have any (laughs) any experience, but I, I think it's really important and I do um, emphasize to my clients the importance of doing your homework and looking into advisors, looking into the uh, what is their fee structure, what is their philosophy, and being able to ask the advisors just very frank questions, um, particularly around compensation um, and, and just what what it is that they are going to be doing for you. So that you really know, I feel like it can be pretty intimidating to work with a financial advisor and to just be really upfront with what all of your questions are and know exactly what what it is you're paying for and, and how much you're paying. Yeah, that's a great point. And I know we want to get to the actual advice, but Wallace, I'd love to follow up on that because clearly you have a very strong stance on putting your clients' needs first. Um, when someone does want to stop sort of DIYing their financial planning, what sorts of things do they need to know? Shannon's already given us some good advice, but from your perspective, what should people be looking for? Are there red flags to watch out for when working with a professional? Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with Shannon that two of the key questions to be asking are, how are you compensated? And also, what will you be doing for this fee? Because the answers vary widely across the industry, and it's actually a huge red flag if the person you're speaking with is not willing to answer those questions in very tangible and clear terms. Um, you know, we have some clients who come to us after working at, with somebody else, and they think, "Oh, yeah, I think my advisor might have been managing my account for free," and that has been true like zero percent of the time when we actually look at their account statements. Like that's just never the case. And it's interesting because oftentimes these clients did attempt to find out how their prior advisors were making money and they got sort of brushed off or they got answers like, oh, well, you know, like sort of like, if you know, if you're eating a cookie and I pick up some of the crumbs, like these very sort of nebulous terms. And if you hear anything like that, just like run the other direction, (laughs) because that is not a a clear and uh, honest answer. You know, these are answerable questions. And so the, the right person to work with is somebody who's willing to answer them in clear terms. Okay. Um, and also I would say like things like checking regulatory records, really getting in writing a list of like what is going to be provided in exchange for the fee that you're paying. Because the best relationships come about when you have a clear understanding on both sides of the agreement being entered into. And it'll be the most positive experience for both you and your advisor if everybody's really clear about what the hopes and expectations are. That's great. And I love that you call it a relationship because I think for parents, we're so familiar with different types of relationships. And 
that probably feels better to walk into a relationship with a financial planner as opposed to this is just very transactional. So I love that. So as we are focusing on financial planning for parents in 2021, what should we be focusing on, especially coming off of this year where income may have changed and quite drastically for some of us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there, and it's, there's definitely a very um, broad range of experience among families too. Many people have suffered financial hardship through this time, uh, whereas others may be in sectors that have actually received a bit of a tailwind from the current environment. Yeah, equity markets have been on fire. Uh, we're New York City-based. You know, some parts of the financial sector have actually done quite well. And so there's a pretty broad range of experiences that families are in at the, at the end of this year. But really across the board, regardless of what's happened this year, it's always a good chance to assess what's happened and where we are going forward. Um, and for many people, that will involve things like you know, looking at the priorities again and thinking about, well, where might we make some adjustments for this year and possibly next year as we move through this period that's still, frankly, not normal. And many of us are having you know, household effects um, on an income and an income is lower. So one of the things that we've been helping people with is really thinking about how do I stay on track, but with this like revised set of assumptions, at least in the near term? Um, and so that may involve something like saying like, you know what, instead of my initial goal of saving for um, 100% of college, I'm going to pair that back and maybe reduce the goal to zero for this year and just focus on making that 401k contribution. Or maybe I'll do a 50% contribution and hopefully at some point in the future catch up. So there is a discussion about Given this new set of circumstances, what are the priorities and how do we kind of balance all the different uh, goals that parents have for themselves and their, their little ones? Yeah. And so you mentioned these priorities. And so are there sort of typical buckets that we see? I mean, you mentioned a 401k, you mentioned saving for college, but are there sort of general priorities that should be on parents' radars? And might this change given how old our children are, toddlers versus they're about to go away to college? Sure, sure. And so the typical buckets for parents are saving for one's own retirement, uh, saving for children's education goals. And then oftentimes there's also some sort of real estate purchase goal in the picture, whether it's buying a home for the first time or buying a larger house to accommodate the expanding family. Um, those are, and then also a lot of parents have debt, right? So they have questions like, should I be saving for my child's college education or should I pay down my own student loans? Um, how should I think about balancing retirement and college savings? You know, generally, I would say that your own financial stability is the greatest gift you can give to your child. And so that's a place to focus on first. And the answers do somewhat vary based on how old the children are. Uh, one of the things we often see is that when parents have young children, that can be a very challenging time, particularly so for meeting various financial goals simply because you're at the peak need for care with the children. I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old myself, and it's definitely a time in life where you have some combination of high childcare expenses and or you know, one or two parents taking a step back in their own earnings power to care for the kids. And so the result of that is that you often feel behind or like you're not doing as much as you would like to in terms of the financial goals. And one of the things we help people with is looking down the road and thinking about like, okay, well, like how does this look different when my youngest is in kindergarten? What changes? How can I craft a plan that's sustainable today 
but also kind of gives me confidence so I have an idea of what I need to do in the future to stay on track for my goals. So it absolutely does vary with children's age. And for other parents of young kids, I would say like, you know, don't worry, it, it, it gets better. That's a great reminder as a mom of a five and eight year old. It's, and it's, I think it's, <laughs> it's refreshing to hear that, right? You sort of forget that there's a light at the end of the tunnel for some of this and that, and that factors do change. So Shannon, you obviously get a lot of clients with um, families, kids of different ages. They're trying to work out their estate plan and their financial plans are a huge part of that. Do you prefer that someone has already met with a financial planner and worked out some of these priorities and where money is going before they come to you for the estate plan? Do you send them to financial planners typically? How does this work out with your clients? Usually when the clients come to me, they're somewhere in the process of getting their life together, getting their, doing their adulting, you know, (laughs) being the responsible parent, figuring, setting up the 529 plan, making sure that they are setting aside enough for their college, their child's college education, for their retirement. So they're often getting life insurance. So they're often in a position where they are like, okay, I'm going to do this. They've been putting all these things off and they're like, okay, let's just take care of this. So um, sometimes they've been to a financial advisor and then that person may have referred them to me or sort of in the process, that's one of the people who they've met with. Um, sometimes they start with me and then I will help them to find a financial advisor who is a good fit for them. But I think that the important thing is it's not, it's, it's not really, it's not going to make much of a difference. Do they come to me first or do they come to somebody like Wallace first? What matters, I think, is reaching out, taking that first step, whether it's to me, whether it's to the financial advisor, whoever it is that you want to start with, because often those people are going to have be able to help you put those other pieces in place. Um, and do, taking that first step is usually the hardest part. I feel like that's a theme we've said on a number of episodes, just take the first step, whatever that is, just take a step. So along those lines, Wallace, we know everyone's situation is different, but is there sort of um, a general guide or action plan you could encourage our listeners to start taking some steps for the new year? Sure, absolutely. In fact, we have a free personalized tool on our website at aboveboardfinancial.com. We offer a financial action plan that basically asks a few short questions about your situation and your goals for your loved ones. And it generates a list and it helps answer those questions like you know, IRA or pay down student debt, college savings or 401k. And then it also places in context some of the, I'll call them risk management aspects of your financial life like thinking about life insurance and disability insurance. Because when we do this financial planning, it's generally predicated on the idea that we kind of know who the income generating grownups are in the household and that those incomes are there. And the insurance piece is really to make sure that the surviving family still is on track if we get some sort of bad news or, or negative event in the family's life. So we have a tool that helps put all of these things in order and it's responsive to your situation and your goals. And it really helps people figure out like, well, where should I be focusing my time and attention? Where should I put that next dollar of savings? And tries to bring some clarity. Um, and we, we love using that tool, um, both for financial planning as well as frankly for insurance because it all really needs to fit together and make sense. Definitely check out that website because it has a ton of resources on it. And um, like Will said, there's this great tool 
and it's absolutely free. So you can just go in and um, put your information in and, and it will sort of help you uh, give you some guidelines. Is that, is that right? I don't want to be misrepresenting. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I love that. So if you're ready for some full on adulting and you want to know what the big <laughs> list is of things you need to be doing, head on over and check that out. And for anyone on the website, we'll make sure to have that URL there for you. So Wallace, as we get to kind of the end of this conversation today, first of all, is there anything we missed that our parents do need to know? And then what are maybe a couple of takeaways for our listeners today, other than to go to the site and take advantage of your tool? Yeah. I mean, I think as a message to just all families, my, my first bit of advice would just be like, you know, take a moment to acknowledge that these are not normal times. You know, we're all having different experiences, but we're all also carrying various burdens that are just not normal and that just getting through is an achievement in itself. So as you think about your to-do list and your New Year's resolutions, know that you're, you know, you're heroic just in even asking that question and starting to take that on. Um, and then in terms of things that families should be putting into practice, you know, I think that's where things like the financial action plan can be really helpful. And going through that checklist of like, okay, like what should I be doing? Like, what do I need to make sure I have in place? What should I prioritize? Um, and obviously this pandemic has reminded us that the unexpected can definitely happen. And so you're reassessing where you're at with your life and disability insurance, double checking to see if those things that are time sensitive at year end, like, did you make your IRA contribution this year? Did you contribute to the 529 plan? Those are all good things that you can do and to kind of advance towards the goals that you have. Um, but also, you know, as you're taking on those initiatives, just remembering that this is an extraordinary time and just, you know, muddling through is, is an achievement as well. And so, you know, take care, it'll get better. I love that reminder, especially as we head into 2021. You know, I think we all see the light at the end of the tunnel, but it might still be a ways off. So yeah, just keep moving forward, keep taking those steps and we're not going to be in this place forever. So Shannon, Absolutely. anything else to share with our listeners today? Uh, no, I think we covered a lot. And thank you, Wallace, for joining us. You had some great insights. Thank you so much for having me, Shannon. This has been great. Thank you both. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you again to Wallace Wilkinson Sai from Above Board Financial for that solid information and advice. For additional information on your legal and financial plans and to join our free community, visit us at thesavvyparent.us.